0: lifelong health seeker and I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 39 of Confidence From Within podcast and as always I am your host Juliana Lehman. And my guest today is Lizzie Mahoney, and we talked about her weight loss journey, which started with a very challenging childhood. Lizzie shared with us how that impacted how she looked at her body, her comfort level with wearing clothes that, you know, fit and highlighted her curves, all the way to a more recent experience after the birth of her fourth child that made her contemplate a lot of those same worries again. We talked about how much mental space being uncomfortable in our own bodies can take for so many women, as well as strategies that she used that were successful in helping her overcome a lot of the mindset aspect of weight loss, which I think is wonderful. We also talked about boundaries. Mind you, she not only has four children, but she's also the CFO of her company And we talked about boundaries, specifically healthy boundaries, and what that means to her and how that impacts her life and the decisions that she makes. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Lizzie. Lizzie Mahoney is a Norwegian-raised, American-based entrepreneur, digital marketing specialist, investor, mentor, knitter, philanthropist, and mother of four based in Dallas, Texas here is Lizzie. Hi, Lizzie. Welcome to the podcast. It's such a pleasure having you here today.
1: Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting to be able to talk with you and to feel your like energy and enthusiasm about this subject.
0: Oh, thank you. So today I really want to showcase a story. And I know you're a mom of four and you're the CFO of your company, which is so exciting. So before we get to all of that, share with us what does confidence mean to you?
1: confidence. That's such an amazing question. I think that confidence is being able to know yourself so 100% well, and to be your biggest cheerleader that you can stand in front of anybody. You can get thrown into any situation and your shoulders are back and your head's held high. And you're like, I got this. I love it. And And I guess it's more of a state of mind to me than like, you know, confidence is a noun that is...
0: (laughs) It's so true, and a lot of times I say to people like confidence is really relative, right? Because if you are, you know, say you're giving a talk and you're talking to your staff and you're comfortable with them, versus you're talking to the president. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why I go there, but yeah. let's just say, you know, like it's same speech where you're talking to first graders versus you know your staff. Like there's going to be always different levels, right? Depending on how comfortable quotations we feel. And I love what you said because it's when you're comfortable in every situation just because whatever, whoever you are is always enough, right? So I love that Ingo, And it's fairly unique from the other ones that we heard on the podcast. And I think that's my favorite question. Cause every, I think I'll do a book in the future of all the, yes, <laughs> all you the
1: should, books, absolutely. this
0: right? is like so inspiring. So now in terms of you and your story, and like I mentioned, you have four children and you run a business, which is very inspiring to me to see. Tell us a little bit about your weight loss story and how it all kind of relates to where you are in your life today.
1: Right. So I have always struggled with dysmorphia. I had a mother who was Norwegian. She was an addict. She was an alcoholic. Um, And if you put both of us side by side, she was 4'11 and she, if you, you could pick her up, she she had bird bones or something. (laughs) She was just the lightest person in the world. I take after my dad. I'm very muscular. I always have been. Like when people go to pick up my toddlers, they're like, "What is in this child?" And I'm like, <laughs> "That's just how we're built, right?" So we it. had, yeah, we had two totally different body types. But growing up, um, you know, she would frequently tell me that clothes I was wearing looked very unflattering. But she would say it in a mean way because she'd been drinking. And don't get me wrong. When she was sober, she was the most wonderful person in the world. And I love her. I know her story. I've come to peace with all of it. So please don't think I'm just bashing my mom. because no, no, it's not. <laughs> that's not in my heart. Yeah. But she was extremely critical. And she would grab my stomach and call me a stupid, fat American. Um, I was raised in Norway, but I'm American based now. And, uh, you know, that that had such a negative effect on me. I have never been able to show my stomach in public. I can't do bikinis or anything like that. Um, And then I'm also very well endowed in my chest. And so I, you know, I was constantly trying to cover up because people were always like, you're trying to get attention, you're showing cleavage. And I'm just like, this is the tip of the iceberg, man. Like I can't put on a t-shirt without (laughs) showing cleavage. That's just how I'm built. But all of those criticisms, when I was young, uh, you know, when you're in your formative years, it was so hard to deal with. And when I started getting into business, And even my dad, just being who he is, once he retired from the military, we were always going to Toastmasters. He's a huge extrovert. I'm an introvert. I want to be at home with my books, you know, and he was always like pushing me to go out there and do all these things. And it has served me well, but I will never forget how it felt standing there and thinking I'm so fat. No one wants to talk to me. It was so difficult to deal with. As my career blossomed and as my dad lovingly but forcefully made me talk to people and put on that confidence, I realized once I start talking to people and they hear my passion and my energy, they love me. They don't care what I look like. Even if I can't see what I look like, people tell me all the time that I'm beautiful and I'm always like, yeah, yeah, which isn't good. I'm working on accepting that love and at saying thank you and understanding that people mean it and they're not just, you know, talking to talk. But, uh, you know, throughout that journey, I realized that like, I am so much more than the number on the scale. I'm so much more than all of these things that I'm so worried about, and I don't even need to be worried about them. So I, I ended up having to let that go. Um, And then I had something very recent happen. So for a long time, I had let all of those things go. I was happy. I was working on my mindset all the time. I was growing in business. I was getting new mentorships and having more doors open for me. Um, Even now, you know, I've always owned single businesses. Healthy Boundaries is my 26th company. I've always owned single businesses. And I'm famous for telling my kids this. How many things can mommy do at a time? One. So I build one business at a time. And now my mentors are like pushing me into owning, you know, instead of owning hundred percent of one business, owning one percent of a hundred businesses. And they're, they're trying to like move me more in that direction, which again, requires confidence. It requires humbling yourself and learning new things. Yeah. And stuff. But what happened in between me learning to love myself and then now getting back on the horse is that I had my fourth child and they sent me home with an infection and nobody caught it for like three weeks. Um, so I had fevers up to 108 and then my wow. body temperature dropped down to 85. I shook so hard. I ripped my stitches open for my C-section. Um, I finally got to the hospital. Actually, my girlfriend came over and she took one look at me and she was like, we're going to the ER right now because <laughs> I was just like, okay, the doctor says I'm fine, which I should have gotten it checked out, but you know, it's always, a uh, you're the worst patient, right? If it was yeah. your friend, you'd be like, We're yeah. going away. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'll just drink some soup. Okay. <laughs> um, so anyway, so because I'd had the infection for so long and my temperature was fluctuating and things, I had several mini seizures. We didn't realize what they were at the time. And then in January, I had a grandma seizure.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that um that really obviously was a scary event for my whole family. My eldest daughter was the one that found me. You know i had to go into the hospital and one of the treatments for seizures is prednisone Mm -hmm. and if you've never taken prednisone it's i couldn't believe what happened to my body and it was like within a few weeks i just like was like whoa my arms didn't feel like my arms my hands didn't feel like my hands i had the classic moon face going on um it was so hard it was so hard to look in the mirror uh, it was so hard to not fit into any of my clothes, you know, to go to the closet and be like, "Oh, I know that this shirt will fit me," and then it's like, and "You're like, oh no," <laughs> and ha- having to deal with that. But I had already learned the lesson in my youth that I am so much more than that stuff, and it—it it was a struggle. I mean, I part of it too. I had to stay home because we didn't know what the seizures were going to look like. Yeah would I need a service dog? Cause I travel a lot for business, you know, all of these little factors. But, um, on the other half of it, I was so glad that I didn't have to see anybody because I was like, they wouldn't recognize me, which was so dumb. They would, they would, <laughs> they know me and they love me, but I was like oh, pity party. So pulling myself out of that pity party, putting this business together, getting back out there, going to my first event and sitting across from somebody um, who here in Dallas, if you guys you might know him, Jeff Curley. He was the first person I saw after all of that had gone down. And I just remember he was so happy to see me. And we had such an amazing conversation and he really helped me get my feet back under me and get back out there. And, you know, remember that I'm so much more than my weight and I might not be where I want to be quite yet. I'm about 20 pounds still away from my goal. But that's Mm -hmm. a lot better than 85 pounds away from my goal, you know, and you just have to just let it go. It's so much of a mindset thing, too, because when the weight see it on, it's like you're also holding on to your self-pity and trauma and all of those things. And you just have to let it go and be like, I am beautiful exactly where I'm at. People love me exactly where I'm at. I'm useful. I'm abundant exactly where I'm at. And it's okay. It's okay. If I have to go buy bigger clothes for a little while, it's okay. It's okay. If the weight never goes down, you know, my family, and my friends will still love me. But once it's almost like, once you make that mental shift, it all just melts off because you want yeah. to move your body. You want to eat right. You want to nourish yourself. So I hope that yeah. that is a no, good No, That's great.
0: Hey there. Are you a woman over 40 who wants to release excess weight? but keep self-sabotaging your progress. If you are tired of all the, all you need is more willpower advice, then I created just a free training for you. Set aside 60 minutes today, and I promise you, it will be worth your time. I will go over the three main mindset shifts you need to make if you want to release weight for good, which does not rely on willpower. I will review to you why the strategies that worked in your 20s and 30s don't seem to work anymore and i will also show you which hormones play a big role in weight release once we turn 40 and beyond This is a value-packed masterclass, and it is for you if you want to discover my step-by-step system to help you regain your energy, get rid of cravings, and get back into alignment with your body. And of course, drop some pounds too. All you have to do is go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash free training to watch this on-demand masterclass, Or just send me a DM on Instagram for the link at naturally.joyous. So again, it is naturallyjoyous.ca slash free training. And I'll just got to go back in a couple of points. I don't know just how to explore a little bit more. You said something early on that really resonated with me. And I hear that for so many women that a lot of their discomfort with their figure starts in childhood. Right. And sometimes even from well-meaning parents, but often, you know, they project right on, on the child, whatever their struggles were for whatever reasons they had. And something you mentioned that I felt like really resonated was how much mental space, how much worrying it takes. Right. I also have a weight loss story with like my own medications that I was on for my own health issues. And it was incredible to see how much time I spent contemplating and, you know, disliking my body and, and all those things. And I think it just consumes so much energy, right? And so many women are stuck in that pattern. So what would you say, and let's just, this question is before this recent episode, what would you say were some of the tools, strategies, or things you've done back then to start melting away some of that worrying and, you know, the way you looked yourself and getting more accepting of your body?
1: Yeah. A lot of it had to do, even though I'm an introvert, a lot of it had to do with heart to heart connections with other people. Because Mm -hmm. like I said, as I sat across from other people and they were a mirror back to me of like, Mm -hmm. I could walk up to somebody sad. And by the time I walked away, they were laughing. You know what I mean? Like that's so valuable. And so in that period of time when I couldn't look at myself in the mirror, that's what I did. And then I would write down those experiences and I would be like, and at the top of my journal page, I'm I have bookshelves full of my journals that I've <laughs> I'm famous for journaling, <laughs> <laughs> but I would write at the top of the page, "This is me," and then I would have another section that would say "Gratitudes." And it was so cool, you know, just to to go back over those pages and just see, like, this is how you helped this person. This is how. This person said that you made them feel, and you can accept that love, and you can understand that you are so much more than what you see in the mirror or what you think you see in the mirror. Because that's the thing with dysmorphia yes. as well. There were times when I was 98 pounds and I was like, I've got this big pooch, and everybody else was like, You look like a skeleton. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. So, dysmorphia is a very real thing. And sometimes oh, yes. I still have it, yeah, to this day where I look in the mirror and I'm like, Oh, I'm not. And it's like, cut it out, man. You're so much more than that. You know that you're so much more than that. Um, so that's a big one. If you're not able to look at yourself in the mirror yet, please remember to see yourself through the love that other people give to you and receive that love and feel that love. You know, um, mm-hmm. the second thing was getting a little bit bolder with my fashion choices growing up because I wanted to cover everything up because everybody thought I was seducing so-and-so's boyfriend because I had cleavage. Um, I would wear my dad's like XXL shirts he got from Carter blood for donating blood and shorts. And I was just like a big box, you know? I was like, yeah. this is great, everything's covered. Um, so then, you know, my poor American grandmother, she was so classy and beautiful. One of those 1950s, you know, ladies. Oh, love it. Yes, and she was like, honey, can you please get out of those clothes? And can we get you into a couple of dresses? And at first I was very much like dresses because I'm kind of a tomboy, but they really accentuated my figure. I have a classic hourglass figure. And it's so, you know what, ladies, if we're wearing dresses, we don't have to wear pants. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I just had to repackage the way that I thought about dresses and, you know, uh, and realize that like my, my figure is worth showing off and it is beautiful. Um, It's a little different how I have to handle some of the feedback that comes my way (laughs) whenever I show up in one of those dresses, but um, yeah, it, it, it really makes you feel beautiful. And when you feel beautiful on the outside, like even if you, again, still, if you can't look in the mirror, but you put on a dress and in your mind, you just know that you're beautiful. That that's such a win. Like do that yeah. and make a big deal out of it. And also make a big deal out of your self-care, you know, make a big deal out of, if you go to therapy, which I highly recommend, um, make a big deal out of it, celebrate it, put it up on social media. I just went and talked to my therapist because we are in the no shame game of 2021. Everybody needs to be talking to somebody who can help them out of any sort of mental ruts that they might be. in. you need that friend. That's like, Hey, look, you're getting a little self-destructive over here. You know?
0: And an unbiased perspective sometimes. Right. Yes. I think it's so important. Like, um, Love the journal idea, what it describes, so good. And I wanted to mention to you something about the dressing because you mentioned something earlier about, you know, women giving themselves permission if they are in a heavier weight to invest in their clothing for now. Not just like I used to have a hashtag I use called Toss the Skinny Jeans. Let's stop trying to fit into your, you know jeans from your 20s that just like honor oh, our body now right so kind of like that but um what you said is so true that if you're wearing clothes that are meant to highlight your curves and fit your body there's just this feeling it's such a Powerful feeling. I'm actually interviewing the stylist as well for specifically that conversation. And that is, uh, I had a photo shoot for my brand some time ago and the final piece, and it was like the big deal was the final piece. So all the clothes were mine, except the final, which was this beautiful uh, tool skirt, like blush pink, Aww. you know, and yeah. I would never buy something like that because I wouldn't have a place to wear it. Right. Because I don't right. do a lot, especially nowadays. But I've always, I think since I was a child, loved tulle for some reason. So she had it as part of the wardrobe and I wore it. And it was, she had like the fan, the hair blowing. I had such a surreal experience wearing something that it was almost a mix of Style and feel like a princess and yeah. fairy tale. I don't even know how to describe, yeah. but it really showed to me something that before I would never wear because it's not very flattering, right? Like it's poofy and it's multi layered. And to just see how far I had come and not only wearing that, feeling awesome, but also being photographed on it and putting it all over my website, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it felt like quite, quite surreal. And I think the power of dressing for your body size. Today, not in the future, is such strong advice. And I really love that you went there because I think more women need to hear that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, curves are good. (laughs) You know, curves are beautiful. But it is truly like something you said earlier when we first uh, connected that you said to me that to you, weight loss is is a mental state of loving yourself. And I was like, yes, that's exactly it. And I think this, ma- I want to spread this message because yeah. weight loss is not about the scale. Weight loss is not about, you know, I think that's the old way of looking at it, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: but there's a much more empowering way, right? That, like you said, many times today, your beauty has nothing to do with, you know, the, the external side of things is a combination is the whole you and mm-hmm. you use the heart-to-heart relationships as a way to mirror back to yourself, to think it's genius. And it's great because then it's not just us in our little box of perception. Now you're actually seeing, yeah, the world does not see how I see myself because they see the real you, which is so incredible. The other question that I have for you is, um, so let's go back now to the recent events, right, that Mm -hmm. you, you described. How did that impact? Because I know sometimes you go to life again and again, and we relive circumstances with a different mindset. Yeah. How did that impact all the work that you had done before in the loving yourself, releasing expectations, accepting yourself when you relived a similar scenario?
1: Yeah, well, it it took a while for the self-awareness to kick in because, you know, you kind of, you leave the hospital, you're in a little bit of a daze. yeah. Your body, the body you walked in with is not the body you walked out with. Um, And, you know, there was a lot of crying and a lot of being upset and a lot of uh, apathy where, I mean, physically I was home and I was cooking for my kids and stuff like that. Personality wise and, you know, usual level of love and light and vibes and stuff was not there. So, uh, it took a while for the self-awareness to kick in. And then once it did, it was very much a conversation with myself of like starting to have those negative thoughts, starting to be like, why do I even need to get out of bed? You know, why uh, I'm just going to get these old rowdy sweatpants on and this shirt that's way too big and has baby milk stains all over it. Cause <laughs> you know, I had the newborn and, um, and just schlep myself into the, to the den and take care of the kids to the best that I, uh, you know, that I could. Um, once I realized that my mind was going in that direction, I had to stop it. And I had to be like, listen, any emotion that you're feeling, and I'm just saying this out loud and verbalizing it. Obviously, the conversation in my head didn't quite go like this, but I, I yes. <laughs> understand. Yeah. Uh, any emotion that you're feeling is showing up to tell you something about yourself. And in your brain, in your amygdala, you have a 2 million year old piece of software that is trying to protect you. So I when, love you it. Feel, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you feel anger or fear or jealousy or depression or anxiety or any of those things, that's your brain going, I'm going to protect you. Anxiety, are you overthinking this? We're going to figure out every possible scenario so that you can't get hurt. And you have to kind of become aware of that and go, oh, okay. Thank you, brain, because you're trying to keep me safe. But that's not going to work in this situation. You are wearing me out. And I'm going to come over here and try this other thing. Um, Another thing that I didn't mention that I would do is once I did start looking in the mirror, I I would not allow myself to look critically. I had to smile at myself. That was it. I didn't have to say I love you or, you know, be nice. But I had to smile because, and I teach this to my kids as well, when they're in a funky mood, I'm like, okay, stand up, stand up, shake your shoulders, stand up. Okay. I want you to look up at the ceiling, put the biggest smile on your face that you can, the biggest one, like the kind of smile at Christmas or your birthday, all those things. Think about all that stuff. Look at the ceiling. Now be mad. You can't, you can't, you just, you just can't. can't do it. Yeah. So uh, there was a lot of like smile at yourself because you're awesome, you know? And then once that feeling was there of happiness, then I could be nice to myself. It was a, like a pattern interrupt. Um, so yeah, interrupt your negative emotions as much as you can. And uh, if you're looking at yourself critically all the time and you know relying on maybe that voice that raised you that wasn't very nice, yeah. just smile at it. Because when you, we also have mirror neurons. So when we smile at each other, the other person automatically smiles. Like it's just, it's a beautiful thing to smile. I don't
0: know where I'm going with that. No, that was that was great. And I love what you said about the amygdala. Like I talk about it a lot in my work. And I love how you phrased it. It's like a really old piece of software. It's not happening right now. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that makes complete sense to me. (laughs) So thank you for saying that. I love the analogy. And I have one more question before uh, we close today. And that relates to boundaries. So Mm -hmm. I know your company is called Healthy Boundaries Marketing. And when it comes to boundaries, how do you define them? I know not so much just in business, but in all aspects of life.
1: Right. It is. Gently telling someone no. When you tell someone no, you are going to find out who that person is. When you, yeah, when you're in business, and this vendor says, or, you know, project person says, I want to do this project, and it's going to cost $7,000. And you say no, sometimes they turn into your biggest enemy, and they want to go smear your name all over town. I joke with people now that if you want to get into business with me, we have to play a game of Monopoly and a game of Uno because I need to see how you act when you keep drawing go to jail and when you get hit with a draw 4. <laughs> like what what happens to your behavior at that point? How evolved are you and how in control of your anger are you? So a boundary to me is it's something very loving that you can do for yourself to make sure that your cup doesn't get emptied too fast. There's a lot of drama in the cup debate. Everybody says, fill your cup so you can, you know, pour into someone else. But then there's the other camp that's like, nope, we're supposed to be empty so that we can get filled by spirit and we're expansive. Please don't think that I'm getting political on the cup. (laughs) I'm I'm acknowledging all sides. Yes, we need to be abundant is all that I'm trying to say. Um, So I hope that that answered that question well. It's just a loving way of saying no and taking care of yourself.
0: Absolutely, I love it. Like for myself, like I see boundaries as when you're so comfortable with who you are and what's most important to you, say no sometimes is an act of kindness mm-hmm. because doing something that you don't want to do, that it's not aligned with your priorities, is actually not serving people, right? Hi. So I just love kind of hearing all the different perspectives on it, and I think your company name is amazing. Thank you. Um, one quick thing on Uno just because you brought it up and it's my family's favorite game and the plus four card is my dad calls it the mean card <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, doesn't call it the plus four it's the mean card so anytime we used to play it was just such a big deal because he always was the recipient of it, like ninety nine percent of the time. <laughs>
1: he's kind of funny. just worrying about it. He's attracting it Yeah, somehow. he's totally attracting
0: it because that's all he doesn't want. <laughs> so he calls it the main card, yeah. So I just wanted to so edit it in. Oh my gosh, Lizzie, thank you so much. So for those uh, listeners that want to learn more about you and your business, tell us a little bit about how we can find you.
1: Yeah, so I'm on just about every platform because it is a digital marketing company. (laughs) So if you want to find me on Clubhouse or LinkedIn, I am at Lizzie Honey. If you want to find me on Facebook or Instagram, I am at li- L and this, I'm sorry, I should have specified Lizzie is L I Z I it's up on the screen. I, I hope, um, <laughs> I'm like, I see it on my end. Maybe it's not on your end, but L I Z I honey for clubhouse and LinkedIn for Facebook and Instagram. It's at L I Z I Mahoney, which is my actual last name. M A H O N E Y. And then, uh, on what am I missing? Twitter is Mahoney, Lizzie. I'm pretty easy to find. I have a website also that's lizziemahoney.com. So
0: perfect. And I'm going to make sure to put all those in the show notes as well to make it super easy for everybody to find you. So again, thank you so much for your time and for sharing so generously your experience. You had such amazing tips and I find it so inspiring to see how you can you know, go through such incredible transformation and now you're here sharing and helping other women sort of navigate similar circumstances despite all the very difficult upbringing, right? That you shared that you had. So thank you so much, Lizzie. It's such a pleasure.
1: It's so great to meet you. I just don't ever want anybody to feel the way that I felt because I know if a friend said that to me, I would be like, no, you are beautiful and gorgeous. I do not know what you are talking about. You're crazy. But we don't do that to ourselves. We don't treat ourselves like the friends that we should. So I hope that you're inspired to be kinder to yourself and to know that you're beautiful and important and significant.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode,